Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, where you'll hear advice from experienced safety leaders on how to protect your people and business. I'm Sarah Prattley. Today, I'm speaking with Julius Jayasekaran, Global Head of Physical Security at Datadog, a modern monitoring and security platform for cloud-based applications. Julius has decades of experience in security operations in both startup and enterprise organizations. He shares how his passion for technology and automation has enhanced his ability to protect Datadog's business and people in the growing risk landscape. Let's listen in. Hi, Julius. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Good to be here and thanks for having me. All right, let's go ahead and dive right in. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing security leaders today? That's a great question, Sarah. The first thing that comes to my mind is unpredictable. There is an ever-growing complexity to physical security threats that we have in businesses that we face around the world. In order to keep our employees safe, happy, and productive, which is a motto that we closely embrace here at Datadog, we're constantly introducing new approaches and technologies. We're looking at these on a much more frequent basis than we ever done before. I'm spending a lot of time analyzing, reanalyzing to see what fits, what doesn't fit, what does modernization and evolution mean for mitigating those risks. I mean, the safety and security industry has come a long way. How do we keep up to those changes? How do we embrace those changes? And how do we challenge ourselves? Then comes the increasing importance of and requirements to continuously invest in the physical security program. What does duty of care mean to an organization and how far does it stretch and what teams does it lie with? As security leaders, we set our teams to deliver a world-class physical security program that has a risk-based approach. How do you do that? Do you prioritize volume of work to keep up with the demand and request or focus on really high-impact risks? Fascinating challenges to have. They are somewhat the same for most organizations. And I'm sure if you speak along the physical security spectrum, the leaders will have the same type of uh, challenges. It's how you approach towards finding a happy medium and integrating yourself with the business. That's what I find challenging. Those are the things I want to spend my time solving for. Absolutely. And it's a lot of challenges. That first thing you said off the top, the unpredictability, it's such a great thing to hit on. Really, so much of what we're doing in this space in particular is so unpredictable. I can imagine, right, a lot of listeners, especially those in similar roles, can really certainly relate to that. How would you say you're going about trying to tackle these obstacles? Yeah, I'm going to use a cliche word. Most security leaders, I'm sure you may have had, they talk about being a proactive security team. How do you accomplish that? Obviously, there's always going to be several elements of reactiveness because that's a reactive strategy you put in place to for security in this unpredictability, you know, and this threat landscape that we operate in. But this is when you develop key strategies to embrace technology, or at least I have. That's been a big focus of mine. It is definitely a, a very high passion topic for me. How I've approached it, try to automate the tactical workload, the mundane stuff that comes in, use the time and resources for better being prepared for a crisis or an emergency situation or threat mitigation, for example. So hiring your way to success and, you know, building very large security teams, it does exist, you know, in some organizations, it makes sense for them to deal with volume. But I don't know if it has a place in modern security program, in my honest opinion, right? So I think to embrace the lean security model, being extremely smart and stringent with your resources is key. Obviously, if you're than done, you still have to deal with the workload. But this is where security leaders with a strong vision that can demonstrate true value and elevate the security program at your organization. A conversation, as I said, I'm very passionate about 
I can talk about it all day. I'm injecting technology wherever I can. And the great thing being in the tech space, personally for me, working for a technology firm, is that you have some amazing minds that you have access to. These are resources you have to tap in. Uh, obviously, be respectful. They have their own workload. They have their own uh, sprints to adhere to. But if you build the right partnerships, and these people can help solve some of your problems. So I'm very much in the uh, know-how and closeness with our engineering teams. And they've already solved for several of my mundane obstacles that we come across. So are the teams happy? They are happy because we've taken away those tasks away from them and empower them to deal with those real emergencies that we spoke about. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously being proactive instead of reactive is an approach I hear a lot of folks are striving for. Definitely hard to always hit the marks. And of course, you hit on technology. Of course, no question that technology can be a game changer. Um, but of course, it's not as easy as picking a system off the shelf. What would you say are the first steps to take when it comes to looking for the right technology and solutions? Start with the basics. And well, what I mean by basics is taking your time. Of course, there are exceptions where sometimes, you know, you have to go and get something for a compliance need or just to mitigate certain risks. But in most cases, not rushing and taking your time to evaluate the, the business requirements is key. You know, so spending time with the business and what is it exactly we need, you know, just make a basic list of questions and find the answers internally well ahead of time, even before you're speaking to those solutions that's out there. Some of the questions I tried and tested for me is what is the problem and what are you trying to solve for? But so it starts with the basics, you know, do we actually need this tool? Obviously, as simple as it may sound, it's, it starts with that. And then what do you want this product or solution to do? Have you finalized the scope of works? Have you jotted it down? It's okay to improvise scope of work because and this is when it's key. And it, I find it very exciting this stage because now you're going to try and speak to several providers to see what they can offer you. And during that stage, your scope will vary. You know, you may remove something, you may add something, you may try to improvise. So that process is kind of cool for me because you get some really cool ideas or learn how other security teams are solving for these problems, you know. The other one, does your organization already have a tool? You will see this probably not in smaller teams and smaller companies, but larger the company, silos, unfortunately, can come along. So just look around and see if they have a solution already that can help you with what you're looking for. And other teams within your company, do they use the tool? So perhaps there's an opportunity to spread the cost so you don't have to assume all the OPEX. So those are some things I'll be looking for along with who are your partners in the selection process. Just having that ready is key. And again, if you want to go back and operate in a very respective environment, you need to be very mindful of their times. So something urgent for you may not necessarily be pressing for that stings. So getting them lined up is good. Building that partnerships ahead of time is also key for me personally. You know, I don't know what I would do without procurement, legal and IT team. So they are my biggest partners. So it's for security leaders to find out what are they trying to solve for? And who are they going to be their partners in the selection process? Another one also, personally, I spend a lot of time is how well the solution you're looking for can be integrated with some of your existing products, right? So that's key because, you know, those products and solutions that may introduce in the future as well, you know, so you want to have that vision to know they don't need to be limited to security teams products. You have to look deeper into the business. HRIS systems, does it integrate with your workdays, for example? Does it integrate with your travel management platforms? So you have to think ahead and also be transparent with your internal partners, right? So you said we talked about how to line up those internal 
partners who will help you make those decisions, they should be empowered to help make those decisions. You know, it'll come very useful at the implementation stage, whether it's budget, legal, or IT approvals. Trust me, I've seen this way too many times. You have them on your side. If that's going to that one decision maker, if you approach that decision maker collectively, knowing we have all of us are united and we want this, it makes your job so much easier. So it's not, it doesn't have to be your fight and you have, it doesn't have to be a fight that you have to fight alone. Lastly, also, you know, but not the least, most importantly, I would say, make sure that your future partners, uh, I intend to use the word partners personally, because vendors, contractors, it doesn't start well, you know, they are all your partners, treat them like one and, you know, let them be part of the solution. They will help you so much in meeting your objectives if you let your future partners in from the start so they can develop strategies, tried and tested strategies to meet those goals. Yeah, absolutely. Partnership is obviously incredibly important, as you mentioned, both internally and externally, kind of on this journey, as well as once you start talking to folks that you may want a partnership in the future. Do you have any advice or additional tips for safety and security leaders about that discovery process? Yes, yes. Good question. For me, it starts with how long you want this partnership. How long do you want this for your organization? So you need to Start with that during the discovery process because that will help you align several resources internally before approaching future partners. Also, transparency. You know, we spoke about letting your partners in. Let them know exactly what you're looking for. Your partners meet with so many other security professionals and that's what they do. And you can never imagine how many partners your solution provider is meeting on a day-to-day basis. So the challenges we face are not very different. They're somewhat the same. So why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to? So the partnership aspect unit probably will come along in the selection process time and time and again. It's key. You want to start off with the right foot. If you've made a short list of potential suitors, now is the time to do your own research on product feedback and support. Got to take that time to speak to some of the existing customers that use the product. If you're partnering with the right teams, they in fact will put you in touch it's very important. This is a good time to analyze what the post-sales environment is like, you know, your customer success teams. Reach out to those organizations you're speaking to, the solution partners. They may offer you a free proof of concept. Check it out what the approval it looks like internally. If you can get a free trial out of it, some of the heavy lifting can be done at that stage. And by the time when you're approaching proof of concept, you probably know, you know what, I'm actually one like this vendor. So it's really you're trying to prove to other stakeholders that this could be a good fit for our company. So utilize that and just do some research which companies offer that. You can save a lot of time for internal teams during implementation stage. I love that. So many great tips, especially that partnership aspect continuing to be threaded through a lot of the things that you're mentioning. Okay, so let's say that you found a solution that you really want to move forward with. I realize that one of the obstacles can be really getting that leadership buy-in. How do you go about getting leadership on board? I'm going to ask you for tips, Sarah. Just <laughs> kidding, just kidding. It is quite challenging. There's no two ways about it. We've all been there. For me, it starts with the why, how and when. So have a clear project plan, I would say, and be prepared to present that plan along with your vision on how this product will help the physical security team, how it probably helps to keep your employees safe. That project plan is key. You could be presenting that to someone in your financial approval teams, or you could be presenting to someone in the C-suite. So having that in your back pocket is key. It starts with that. So any new 
initiatives you're launching by spenders involved, be creative, have a low project plan, and also be clear on that project plan. What is the actual cost to your company? Know that, you know, when you're approaching leaders who approve budgets, they will appreciate that you have some of the commercial terms included. So they know exactly what the return on investment looks like. If possible, have some dollar value associated with not having this product. What are the risks? If you don't have a solution in place using this X product, what are the risks? And what does that equate to a dollar value? Again, you know, financial approvers, they will look at these. And these could be very invaluable for risk management teams who often sit under finance and can help you with budget approvals. And even during business impact analysis for your company, have you highlighted that you may need a tool to mitigate certain risks and they're at critical need? If yes, leverage, go back to those teams, leverage the analysis they've done and present that to your leaders. You include that in your project plan saying, we've done an analysis and the risks were highlighted and the mitigation is to have a solution of this nature. This will provide a lot of time and effort being wasted for teams involved. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, you know, data is definitely a huge part of it. And I know a, a definite part of trying to aim for success there. I also know, you know, introducing new technology can be challenging for any team. I would imagine you have quite a bit of experience here across your career. What advice would you give about training your staff on new technology and hopefully helping them to embrace it? What I lean upon specifically around training is this is where a good partner should come up with a plan, right? The critical part of that process is communication and awareness. So before you think about training, you need to consider communicating with everyone that may be impacted by this product. If you find a good partner, this onboarding of a new tool will involve good communication strategies, whether you're targeting your employees, whether you're targeting your security teams, whether you're targeting leaders, giving leadership a heads up of what this product is, if it is new, what it, what it is, and what is it solving for. If it is a change to an existing product, they need to know what you're changing for and how is this going to change in a positive way. So. Targeting leaders with different communication strategies and employees is key. As I said, your good partners will have this messaging to offer. If you're super users of the product, meaning you need administrative training, you, you need people on your team, IT teams to be able to assist them to a different level to other teams. Or if you have primary owners of the administration of this, these tools, you, you need the advanced training needs. So there's no end limit to how you want to approach this. But rely on your partners. You know, I've relied on my partners that we've chosen over the years to come up and do those training until you're super confident that everyone knows what's the responsibilities in and how to operate these tools. Just leverage them. I couldn't insist any more strongly on how, how important it is to lean on your partners to, to deliver this training and give your feedback on what's the best approach to get this right. Okay, well, we can't talk about technology today without bringing up artificial intelligence. How do you see AI impacting security leaders today? I know I think about this one a lot. So AI, useful tool, threat, both? AI is so relevant, Sarah, and it's not new and has been around for as long as I've been a security professional. Motion detection, intrusion detection, facial recognition, robots, threat intel monitoring, I can go on. AI has been around for a while. The recent boom and buzz around AI is great for our industry because service providers and strategic partners will look at this as an opportunity to be much more efficient than what we are today. Going along the theme of what we've been talking about so far on technology, they have no choice than to keep up with the advancements and that's great. 
because for security professionals like me, there are more competitive options to choose from. That excites me from an AI perspective. With so many of those organizations now exploring AI, I strongly believe a smart tool with smart capabilities, and there is an endless potential. Here at Datadog, we recently launched our own AI, very exciting for our own company products. This is great for our team, to the security team that I manage, because we now have in-house AI expertise who can empower us with so much more knowledge on the subject than we know of. So we can focus on areas where we can leverage AI for our programs. It is easy to get carried away, though, when we talk about AI. But in physical security, as you know, we're talking about people's welfare, safety. So striking that balance between using AI for tracing or detecting anomalies and validating threat is important. So intelligence, decision-making, and the right course of actions can be taken by the teams that are responsible for taking those actions. This is a work-in-progress area, but no doubt one that we will continue to explore. Very well said. Honestly, I could talk about this topic all day. I certainly think it's something we'll be tackling in other episodes in the coming months as well. Do you have any lessons learned from your career that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. Many years ago, you know, a former manager of mine asked me this question, what is security? I didn't get the right one he wanted me to say. What he wanted me to say was security is a feeling, the feeling of being safe and secure, the feeling that you're responsible for providing your employees, but you don't want employees coming into your workforce feeling unsafe and, and you want to create a safe space for your employees. And that goes with everything we plan for. It was so impactful for me personally, because it got me really thinking what is good for an organization? What is security in that organization? There's no one size that fits on approach when it comes to putting a good physical security program. And a good example is, you know, it, it's so dependent on cultures and people's opinions. For in some cultures, for example, they like having a security officer meet and greet them every morning. That will make them feel safe. In some cultures, quite the opposite. They see a security guard and they like, what's going on? Why do we have security? Is it not safe? So we, that sort of environment is what we are working on is to empower them with the right level of information. You know, what I find in recent years, especially in, in, in the tech world, is employees want to be self-sufficient. They want to be given the knowledge. They want to be trained. They want to be aware of what is right, what is wrong. And they also report things. So if you want to develop a culture of security, you've got to empower your teams. And the way that I've been able to accomplish that is by embracing technology where possible. So instead of relying on human resources, try to use technology where possible. And, and it's all part of keeping your workplace safe for everyone. So try and see what's out there, what works for your company. After all, security is everyone's responsibility. So much good stuff there. I love how you look at security through different lenses based on different circumstances and, of course, the environment. That's just really, really huge. Julius, thank you so much for being on the show. You've shared so much great advice for our listeners, especially everything you've offered on really building relationships in your organization and with your team, and then also with potential vendors and really seeking out that partnership approach there as well. So thank you so much for bringing all of that to our listeners. This was great fun, Sarah. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to connect with Julius and his work at Datadog, check out the links in our show notes. We'll be back next week with more expert advice to help you protect your business and people. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sarah Prattley signing off. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. 
the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.